we weren't allowed to date, but we were allowed to go to a banquet together. So we went on our, to our first banquet and she was 12. And true story, I bought her a diamond ring for our first date and she was only 12 years old. My dad wasn't real happy about that. He's an ex. Well, I guess you can't say ex-marine. He's a Marine because once a Marine, always a Marine. So he threatened to kill me. Welcome to the Art Espousing Podcast. Thank you for taking time to listen to the show. We know your time's valuable. And so we're humbled that you would use some of it with us. Right. We want to invite you to subscribe to our new monthly newsletter. Each month, you're going to receive updates on what's happening in our world, along with links to the past month's blog posts and podcast episodes. We will also be giving some marriage tips and advice to strengthen your marriage. You can sign up in the link in the show notes, or you can email us at hello at artespousing.com. Just say, sign me up and I'll take care of the rest. We are so excited about today's guest. Brandon and Michelle Cato have been longtime friends. We have some photos of them, James, way back when they were just young newlyweds. So clearly we've been able to watch their marriage masterpiece form from its early beginnings. They're amazing people and we're glad to introduce them to you, our listeners today. Yeah. If you're new to the podcast, every other week we share a conversation with another married couple specifically around the dynamics of the Enneagram and their relationship. The Enneagram is a tool of empathy that reveals core motivations. To get a quick overview of the Enneagram, we want to encourage you to go back and listen to season one, episode eight, where Lisa, you share about the main components of the Enneagram. If you and your spouse are interested in taking a deeper dive in self-awareness, we are now offering the Amplify Your Marriage coaching experience. That's right. You can find that information on our website website artespousing.com backslash marriage coaching and schedule a discovery call to learn more about that. So I'm ready to jump into the conversation with the K of those if you are Lisa. Let's do it. Well, Brandon, Michelle, so good to see you guys. And thank you so much for being on the Art Espousing podcast. We've known you guys for a long time. So this is a real pleasure for Lisa and I to sit down with you guys and talk about your marriage. That's awesome. Well, we we have been friends a long time and we do absolutely love you guys. We love that we get to do life together. It's really cool just thinking about our journey of friendship. We've known each other for 26 years. When we first came to South Florida, you were some of the first people we got to meet and become friends with. And I think you were just married maybe a year, if that much, when we first met you. And so it's kind of cool just to watch your marriage story all this time. Yeah. I think uh, we were in the first, we haven't even had our first anniversary when we met you guys for the, for the first time. And you guys still like us. <laughs> we love you. <laughs> we, and we love you guys. This is going to be fun because we've seen you guys as a married couple, but two as individuals leading in your respective areas. And so it's going to be a fun conversation. Yeah. And the cool thing is that Michelle, you and Lisa have worked closely together over the year through mothers of preschoolers and different uh, areas way back. way back. And Brandon, you and I see each other every day and we yeah. serve together on the senior leadership team at our church. So it's been fun now that I know a little about your type to watch it play out in your leadership. I told you earlier that I'm going to try to make you cry, but it, it probably won't happen. happen. No. Come on. I'm ready for the challenge. Let's go. He's always ready for the challenge. That's right. Exactly. If it's a competition, maybe he actually would cry. Uh, he might. Okay. He might. Who, who gets there first? Well, to get us started, why don't you take a few minutes and just share with us a little bit of your marriage journey, where you started, what's brought you to where you are today? Yeah. So, I mean, we, we started at age, what, four, five? Yeah. We've, we've known each other since kindergarten. We're not making that up. That's wow. for real. I actually liked her sister first <gasps> in first grade. Gasp. I didn't know this. I think it was a little older than that. I think it was first grade, but anyway. I heard rumors in like sixth, seventh grade. Well, listen, the, the Lord got me right. I got my heart right. And- and uh, started started chasing Michelle. 
we were not a date, but we were allowed to go to a banquet together. So we went on our, to our first banquet and she was 12. And true story, I bought her a diamond ring for our first date and she was only 12 years old. A real diamond. My dad wasn't real happy about that. He's an expert. Well, I guess you can't say ex-marine. He's a Marine because once a Marine, always a Marine. So he threatened to kill me. <laughs> do you have pictures of that date somewhere yes oh yeah. man that yeah. would be so fun to see okay <laughs> michelle do you still have the ring i do wow oh how it said love it said love in the heart, <laughs> the heart of a little diamond chip diamond is kind of generous but <laughs> I, go big or go home right i mean <laughs> yeah that is too funny. We had to have someone drive us to the banquet because neither one of us could drive, but I bought her a diamond ring. So that's amazing. And if anyone knows you, Brandon, that is so you. That's right. That's right. Okay. So th- when did you officially start dating then? I would say probably 10th, when I was in 10th grade in high school. So you would have been ninth grade. Okay. Yeah. And you guys got married young too, right? We did. So we dated all through high school. I graduated in 94. And then she graduated in 95 and then we got engaged in October of 95. She was only 17 Mm. and her dad said, just please wait till she's 18. So we did. We got married in 96, in May of 96 and she was 18. I was 20. That's crazy. And he probably said, wait till she's 18 and get her a bigger diamond. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the bigger diamond was coming. We knew that for sure. Okay. So Michelle, what, what would you say to your daughter if she wanted to get married at 17, 18? We actually have talked about this a little bit and I'm like, I don't know what my parents were thinking saying <laughs> yes. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess we were mature for our age, but I don't know. Definitely different time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I tell him all the time. I, I asked him what he was thinking. He's like, look, I made a good choice. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now y'all have been married almost 27 years. Right. And give us the lowdown on these kids. Well, we have two amazing kids. I'll talk about Christopher. He is our oldest. He's 24. So we got married. And then a little over a year after we were married, we got pregnant. I'm hoping there's nobody on here that can do math because you're totally riding out our ages. I'm proud of my age. I'm still young. I know. (laughs) So are we. We're still young, too. We're crushing it all our ages. Yeah. We are young. With all the, you know, 30s and new 20 and all that stuff. I know. We just gained 10 years. So Christopher is our oldest. He is now. He's actually been married coming up on three years, almost three years married. Wow. Um, he is amazing. He is a one. He is a, a really strong one. Yes, he is. And that has been a challenge, but also funny at times, mm-hmm. actually, because I would mess with his one. So, <laughs> um, That's so mean. But it, you have to. You you have to keep it light. Yes. I don't think he thinks it's great. He, he didn't have. So this is this is a true story in Christopher. He never had a B until 10th grade. Wow. And when he got his first B, we were on, we were on mental watch. Really? <laughs> it was three days. I wouldn't leave the house. We were supposed to leave the house. And I told her, I said, I can't. I'm not leaving the house. This kid is struggling because wow. he got a B. I sat him down. I was like, Chris, in all of high school, I may have got a B on the high end. <laughs> it's not. It's going to be okay. So anyway, he got to college and it was a whole different Chris. We don't know yeah. what happened to him at college, but um, he's a great kid. He's a worship leader. He's a songwriter. Yeah. He's super passionate. I, the Lord has really just done something special in him in the last couple of years. Been doing something special, but really 
picked it up a notch the last couple of years. And it's been, it's been really cool to have a front row seat. Yeah. Yeah. And then we have Kaylee. She is just turned 22. She's our wild one. <laughs> She's not. She definitely is uh, her own person. She's more yes. of a free spirit, isn't she? Yeah. She is. She yeah. claims to be Enneagram 4. Yes. Which she claims that. I don't think she has any one. We need to test her. Yeah, her. that's right. Yeah. It makes and sense. Yeah, she's fun. She's also a very creative songwriter, worship leader. Um, entrepreneur. Yeah. Major entrepreneur. Yep. And then and you she have brings a lot of fun to any room that she's in. Yeah. No grandbabies yet. No, just your dog. Oh, it's going to do a drum roll for this. Like, oh, what's you? your youngest? So, but, okay, we'll okay. back it up. No, 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 it's okay. It's okay. So, your dog. Yes, we have a new Frenchie. He's two years old. His name is Leroy, and we were we were we're basically empty nesters. We have been for several years because Kaylee told us when she left high school she wasn't coming back that she was going to fly around the world and do all this amazing stuff. She is back, which we are very glad. We are and she brought somebody back with her, right? We brought somebody back with her who we love, and his name is Nicholas. And he is, they are actually newly engaged. So just a few weeks ago, they, they got engaged. Um, and I, I think we need to add a disclaimer that most people don't know him as Nicholas okay. or Christopher as, Chris, Sorry. as Christopher. Right. Nick and Chris is what. Nick and Chris. Nick yeah. and Chris, right. And they are fast buddies. They're best buddies. They love each other. Um, they get along amazingly well. And then we have an incredible daughter-in-law, Jasmine, yep. who is also on team with us. And she's very creative. And she is um, she's probably the most organized person I've ever met in my life. Um, but love her. She's awesome. She was what we prayed for. Nick is what we prayed for. So we are blessed. Yeah, I'm blessed. That's awesome. You went from a family business to out of, out of the marketplace into ministry, and now ministry has become a family business for you. <laughs> it is. It, it is. is. That's yeah. a cool connection. So true. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So, uh, all right, we're going to jump into Enneagrams. I'm excited to ask you guys this and uh, let our listeners know because it's going to be, we. this is a common their Enneagram types are a common connection. Yep. So there's going to be a lot of people out there who are like you guys. And But we'd love for you to start, um, Brandon, with you. What is your core Enneagram type that you identify with? And how would you come about discovering that? Um, so it'll, it'll make sense. I'm a three, and I am a, I am a strong three, I guess is what they call it. And so we were in a hallway uh, – battle i won't call it an argument or disagreement but there was about four guys on the hallway at work and everyone was calling out who each what other was and so i told them i was a three and it kind of become heated and so i said well we're going to just test it and prove it and then i'll be a three and i was yeah <laughs> and there <laughs> Which it says is. a lot right there <laughs> that's right you won. Yeah. <laughs> <I> won. <laughs> threes win or lose you won so that's, right. that's good that's good michelle how about you yeah, so I uh, had taken a couple of those free tests mm -hmm. and came up a different number every time. Okay. And so I finally took, you know, the real one. Mm -hmm. And I'm a six. And uh, I don't think it was a surprise for either of us. I think it yep. kind of checked all the boxes a little bit more than any of the other ones did. I can be very skeptical mm -hmm. and need to know <laughs> if that's, you know, right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, and yet very loyal. Yeah. 
Do you remember on your free test, what was your types that you got most often? Um, a one and a nine. Okay. Yeah. I think I came up as a five once. I don't know how many times I took them, but. Yeah. So we talked about this on another show, but just worthy of highlighting is the tri-type, the highest in the head, highest in the hand, highest in the heart. And you do come up as a, a nine, which I don't think you did say, but, and then the head, the five does come up. So that's the interesting thing about free assessments is sometimes they'll show two or three and that's, it's just showing which ones are dominant in the other category. So that completely makes sense. Michelle and I, I just want to make mention how lovely we are. Our tri-types are the good Samaritan. Oh, yes. That is so so sweet. Yeah. And actually (laughs) the interesting thing is Brandon and I are both the same tri-type. So Brandon's a three, seven, eight, and I'm an eight, seven, three. So we're both mover shakers. But if you've ever sat in a meeting with Brandon and I, you're going to see that we demonstrate that tri-type totally different. Yes. <laughs> and just so you know, Michelle and I don't want to be in a meeting with both of you when that's being demonstrated. <laughs> I would feel like I need to care for people and nurture yeah. and love on some soul that's in there getting all that craziness. Okay. So any ahas for you, Michelle, as you came into the sickness that you're like, ah, this totally makes sense. Yeah. So we were campus pastors in Okeechobee for a little while. And so that meant we had an hour drive there and an hour drive back. Oh, we would boy. leave uh, services on a Sunday to our hour drive back. We almost had to have counseling over this. <laughs> and all the way home, I'd be listing out, you know, well, this could have been better. And I saw this that wasn't just right. And this and this and this and this. And finally, he just said, I, you're I not won. allowed to talk. I got in the car and I won. Yeah. I won. <laughs> The day was great. Everything was perfect. Eternal optimist. We didn't even get out of the city limits. And it is it is an hour drive. We didn't get out of the city limits, which is only like three or four miles. And I was already losing. I'm like, hey. So this went on for a couple months. And finally, on the way home, I'm like, listen, if we're going to survive this, you you have to hold these. Make a list. He told me to send him an email. <laughs> that is hilarious. And I told her to schedule a one-on-one. And I said, we're going to do this in a formal setting because I can't handle this. I need to win for the, at least all Sunday and probably most of my <laughs> I love it. And I just thought I was being helpful of like the areas that, that could be better, not, you know, pointing out flaws or, but just, this is where we can improve because I always want to be improving on what's there. And I did schedule one-on-ones and she did, she thought it was a joke. That's and hilarious. Made, and she, I made her come to the office and we had one-on-ones. And discussed, <laughs> I love it. And discussed her skeptical, challenging but it got better, didn't it? Okeechobee got better. Yeah. Oh, there you go. I'm not saying she was wrong. I just couldn't hear it then. I'm like, give me a breather. (laughs) We have a mutual friend who's a three also. And I remember one time they had done something and they wanted feedback. And so, you know, as an eight, like you want feedback? feedback. Yeah. I'm going to give you feedback. So I I went in and said, you know, this was good. This was good. You could, you could have done differently here. I I would have changed this. And they said, Oh, could, could you have just told me I did good first? (laughs) So now this person, whenever I give them the feedback, it's like, you are amazing. You win. Like it was spectacular. (laughs) Couldn't have been, you know, I, I, you just killed it. But 
Pause. See, I need I need 24 to 48 hours before doing the butt and what comes next. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, it is interesting because sixes, they are known as threat assessors. Yeah. So they're like looking, scanning, which Michelle, that whole one in, that you feel like you have, that would come through that because sixes require structure. It needs to be the you know a certain way. Yeah. But I always think of sixes as probably the person who helped make the decision where the trash cans would be throughout Disney. You know how they talk about Disney's like, oh, we have trash cans here, here, and here, because that's when because they're like seeing ahead and they're seeing it all roll out. So they can just save you a lot of heartache, Brandon, and you can win faster every time. I'm with you, but yeah. she's left-handed though. So when the trash cans are here, here, and here, <laughs> I'm right-handed and it's like, that doesn't make sense to me. So I just need some words. I need some words of affirmation and then give me a little breather and then we can talk about your list. That sounds good. Well, I was going to ask Brandon, like, what have you learned about your Enneagram? It helps you know yourself better, but I feel like we've learned a lot of that. Wouldn't you say? I would think so. I would think so. You know, I'm around a lot of threes and I think Brandon is super unique because competition is a big deal to you. Competition is like you crave it. And we were in a meeting one time and we were going back and forth and discussing something. We had a disagreement on something and you tried to like, you know, one up me on the conversation. (laughs) And I just kept giving you details and facts back and it frustrated you because you didn't win the argument or you didn't win the discussion. And I remember the the next day you came back and was like, okay, I have more data. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> let's let's go at it again. And I thought that was so funny that I probably didn't sleep for three nights, James, because of that. <laughs> well, I think it's hysterical because here we have an eight, a challenger who's going to, you don't even want to win. You just want to frustrate the stew out of him. You just want to throw a piece of dynamite in the middle of the room and just watch people yeah. scramble and pour all these threes that you're around who are wanting to win. You're just causing such a mess, you guys. Oh, my goodness. One of the things that I wanted to ask you guys is you guys have moved a few times. Yeah. (laughs) Can you say the number? How how many many times? times How many houses have you built and how many times have you moved in the 26 years of marriage? So we are we are 26 moves. We are in our 23rd house. So, and he's already looking at a lot. Hey, um, no. So 23 houses, we didn't move into all of them. Some, a couple of them we, we built and sold before we moved in there. And then we have a couple moves that were disasters. So, so basically in the 26 years of marriage, you haven't lived in the same house more than a year or sometimes you have because you've moved multiple times in the year. Yes. So we've had, we've had a, a, I think three windows of time where we moved a lot in a short period of time. We have two three-year homes that we stayed in, which means we really like those houses. Right. Um, for our record for staying some places three yeah. years. Three years. Okay. okay. So Michelle, we have to know how have you handled this as being a sixth stability, all the things that you need around you. I'd just love to dialogue about this. Well, I think part of what makes it work is because I am threat assessing. So I find all those places that I'm like, well, this isn't the best in this house, we could do it differently. And so, I just wait for one of those comments. I just wait. And he pounces and be on like, it. And, oh, I wish we would have. Oh, here's a set of plans I've been thinking <laughs> about. And <laughs> Yeah, I, I also know that I would be a pack rat if I didn't move. So I know that it's healthy for me to, to kind of cleanse through everything and, and get rid of it because it's not worth moving. <laughs> but I will say that the actual process of moving is probably seriously the worst yeah. time in our marriage. You know, the, the three or four days where you're actually lugging couches around and packing boxes, there's a lot of intense emotions that go on <laughs> in our house. 
So we just removed her from that process. She'll she'll get the she'll get the itch and start packing a few boxes here and there. And then when it comes time to, I bring people in and I'm like, hey, go get your nails done or something. So a couple of times we've moved like tables together or whatever, and the table <laughs> landed on my hand. And once that happened once, I couldn't get the right words out to tell him to get the table off of my hand. So yeah, it's better that I'm not there. Yeah. It does feel like you, you all have figured out how to leverage, like Brandon, do you leverage her threat assessing and her, I mean, I know you take advantage of it because once she says a word, you jump on it, but I mean, do you, have you found that you actually do listen to her in house purchases or in that world of making yeah, this decision? I mean, I think we've, I think we've been really blessed to compliment each other in that. Like we work well together. They say most people try to build a house. It leads to separation, yeah. divorce, or whatever. But we kind of have fun with it. So like we we do coffee dates throughout the We'll go, hey, we got to go look at flooring. So it's a coffee date and we go look at flooring. Or she's like, I want to check out this shop, you know, so we'll go coffee date, go look at the, this shop or something like that. So we kind of have, like, I know what she likes to speak into and like likes to go be a part of. When the shells going up or the you know from the foundation up to the top she's not really she don't care she's like hey just get it to this point and then engage me so when like when we're laying out walls and stuff she'll come in and i'll make sure she gets a i have to build things so that she can see it because i can see it here in my head or i can see a print come to life and she has to physically see it so there's been many times i've had to go get cardboard and build mm desk, a chair, a toilet, whatever, and set it in there and say, is this what it looks like? That's a great discovery right there because Lisa and I are very much the same way. Like I can see the big picture. I can see the finished result, but it takes a, a while for Lisa to be able to picture it or even to buy into it. And I don't know if that's a six mm-hmm. thing, the threat assessing piece, but that's a dynamic that we see a lot of times too is just like and maybe this may be common in marriage one person is able to see the big picture and one person just needs a little bit more visualization or structure around it to make a decision or to believe in it right right well my two and six because of the assessment that michelle just referenced and the one that brandon's taken actually lets you know exactly how much of each number you have in you and so my six and two are very very close so Mm. i had to really go through a process of figuring out am i two really or am i six so my six shows up in that self-preservation six, which is what Michelle is. It is about security resources, not just like physical resources, but energy, emotional energy, all those things. I remember shutting down so many innovative ideas of James because I couldn't see it. And I was like, we can't do that. Why we? And so I'd have all the threat assessing. And literally, I do not know how many times he was five years ahead of time on innovation that I mm. shut down. And wow. so it was because I was just scared and I couldn't see the end. So we've had to figure that out too. Brandon, congratulations. Michelle hasn't kept you back from building and doing and dreaming in that kind of yeah. way. So yeah. Well, if I could offer a teaching tool on that piece, Brandon, you have a very future-oriented leadership style or mindset. So you're always kind of thinking into the future, you know, three to five years, 10 years down the road, where Michelle and Lisa have more of a present tense mindset. I, I actually have a present tense mindset, but I actually love thinking about the future. I can get there a lot quicker. So there is this need if one spouse or the other has a future mindset, one has a present tense mindset, to have to go back and build a bridge mm-hmm. to the future. And that's what you did by building a model of a toilet or a countertop or whatever, is you're building a bridge to help somebody move from 
present to be able to see the future that they can't see. And sometimes there can be frustration in relationships because it feels like one person's holding the other person back. And it's actually the one that's maybe more future oriented Mm -hmm. that has a responsibility to come and bring their spouse along with them. Yeah. One of the things I've just seen with them, which I think is worthy of highlighting the two of you and as long as we've known you have really preferred one another. And that's Mm -hmm. the key because I mean, you're like, Brandon's going, well, I'll just have people come pack boxes. Yeah. You know, so it's like you're preferring her because, well, you're preferring yourself. I wanted that- to make it to year 27. So. <laughs> that's, right. <laughs> that's right. And house number 24. That's right. That's exactly right. Or 25. Yeah. I think, too, that I've learned that it takes me a really long time to make a decision because I've got to play out all the things that could go wrong. And so I know that I need to ask him way ahead of time. OK, what's the next thing that I need to have chosen so that I have that time to evaluate and punch holes in all of the things and all of that stuff. That's my nickname for her. She's my whole puncher. She punches (laughs) holes in all my great ideas. Um, And I like to think I'm just, you know, that little thing that goes at the end of helium balloons that keeps it on the ground. Like it allows them not to float away into eternity. That's right. I love that. Enjoy them. So I just keep you right here just enough. Grounded. Yes. And I know from being a three and just my type and everything that I've studied that I will miss details even in like in the house. So I'll figure out all the structural pieces because that's pretty important, but I'll miss some details like how the door should swing or where the <laughs> light switch should be or something. So that's when I bring her in. I'm like, and then she helps me fill in all those gaps and helps me with all the details. That actually happens more often than you think. We were going to talk about like, how have you strengthened in communication? And, and you've given so many great examples because you just, you've learned each other. And I love to Michelle that you just your self leadership, you're growing and learning and releasing and allowing him. It's not just preference, yeah. but just knowing yourself. Well, I would just say also probably for you, Michelle, because you need stability and you need structure, it's probably become easier for you as you've went on from house to house because you have a man who's very stable, who's a great provider. So it's not like there's this other side that there's a, you know, a financial stress or how are we going to do it? Like he's proven himself that he can provide. So I would, I would assume as a six that probably gives a lot of comfort whenever he comes up with another idea. Yeah. And I think too, he's created space for me to share my opinions when it's safe, I can do the research and come up with what I want. But if it's not safe, I'm not going to share it. And so he pushes me to share it Mm. instead of just flying by and making the decision himself. Okay. So I have an interesting fact about these guys because they're three and a six. So when Michelle was under stress as a six, she's going to go to the low side of three, meaning she's going to go whatever negative. I know it's hard to hear Brandon, but you know, maybe some not so great. Whenever you're not winning, (laughs) whenever you're not winning, when you're just maybe not at your best, those qualities, that's where Michelle would go to when she's under stress, which is like, if y'all are both in that place, it would be interesting to know. I'm reading from a book, Chris Hurwitz, The Sacred Enneagram, which is great. When sixes are stressed, they go toward type three. They find themselves overworked in an attempt to calm their inner distress stress, thinking if they would have given more effort, they would have found more safety and stability. So do you find yourself overworking and stressed? I think so. And I find it hard to prioritize the, the right thing. So I will, if there is something that I, I know that like, I'll take one thing and make it the priority instead of tending to everything in life and let the other stuff kind of almost, almost to where nothing else happens, yeah. like, and be locked, like laser focused, locked in. I'm like, Hey, Ah, uh, like, we have a husband hello. and kids. 
<laughs> you can come out of that thing, whatever you're in the fog or whatever you're doing. I'll say something like, hey, why don't you close the laptop, take a breather and relax. Like It'll be there when you open it back up. I promise it'll be there. I don't think I go there a lot anymore. No, no. But yeah. I think it, as we were younger, I think that was more of a tendency. Like she went there more often into those like tunnel vision, laser focused work zones and just went after it. And I'm like, hey, there's three more of us in this house. Like, <laughs> That's so. good. Hey, I'm interested because, you know, your guys' temperament, you've known each other since fourth grade, right? Yeah. What are the tension points for you guys? And how have you navigated those? I would say probably the number one tension point is communication because that impacts everything. Relationship, physical. Yeah. I am not the best. This is where my I need to grow all the time. So that's probably the most tension would be in communication. I don't think we've ever thought about finances one time, even when we were living paycheck to paycheck. Right. I don't think we ever thought about finances. I don't think we've really ever fought over building or any of that. I think we've had some like moments of like, okay, we got to figure this out. I don't, I don't see what you're saying or what you're coming up with. And I don't see what you're saying back to the communication piece. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I think communication has been, I would say, number one. And I think to zero in on that a little bit more, he's he's one that'll shut down and back off. Yeah. And I want to press in. She wants to yell. Heated. And so the more he backs off, the more I want to press in. I have this invisible window. I roll up. I go. (laughs) (laughs) That just makes me want to take a hammer and smash it. That's right. (laughs) That's where the eight comes out. Yeah. Yeah. As I've known Michelle over the years, we were talking about this earlier, is that I do see this assertive side in her that is a little bit shocking because anyone who knows you, you're just a warm, gentle spirit. And so then when you see this really firm it's not hateful although i'm sure in a marriage relationship it can get loud which i would love to see but but i really firm like a little bit shocking so this is why at sometimes i thought you were a nine because i thought maybe she's just going i'm fed up and i'm gonna give it to you but no it's just this strong sixness so how we've worked on that if i'm frustrated or i know things aren't whatever i'll make myself some notes and then at some other point in the day or maybe the next day I'll, I'll text her or I'll say something to try to keep communicating. Cause I, I, because I do tend to shut down and isolate. So I try to, and then if, if she's not receptive, I go, I'm isolated. I'm done. Like I'll give it once or twice shot. And then for a couple, for a day or two, it'll be like quiet. It'll be loud worship music on in the house. <laughs> Lisa, would that have anything to do with when, and stress, he goes back to the nine. Yeah, the retreat, withdrawal. What I was curious, Brandon, do you find that it's because it's emotional and you don't want to be emotional? Or do you just don't want to talk about unhappy things? What is the reason why you roll the imaginary window up? Because I, I want her to stop talking. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, Hashtag real talk. Okay. Yeah. No, I think we don't tend to get emotional with each other. I think it's more of like, I just need to, I need a break from this. Like, I just need to pause on this conversation. I need to remove it, put it in this other. I, I tend to operate in like seven, eight, 10 lanes at a time. Like I got all these things moving and she, she's laser focused on this one thing. So when I'm frustrated or this one thing, I feel like we can go have all six more conversations. All of this stuff is for fair game, wide open. And she goes, nope, that is the one we're going to talk about. 
And so that's when I roll up the window. Right, right. Well, threes are known not to really like emotion. So it doesn't have to be like emotional, like hot, but like if emotions get in the way of productivity, then they don't want to deal with emotion. They're in the heart center, Mm -hmm. but they're the most disconnected from their emotions only because it sidetracks getting stuff done. I do not want to talk about this. Yeah. These emotions I do not have time for. Um, so that's, that's why. And then, like you said, James, if he goes back and stress to nine, nines withdraw and retreat and don't want to deal. That's for, that's for sure. Well, this has been incredible. And, um, you know, this conversation has kind of taken a lot of different turns, but there's so much stuff that's (laughs) really just in the dynamics of relationships of how we learn to navigate and grow in our relationship together. So it's been awesome having you on the podcast. So thank you so much for your time. And, um, we love that, you know, this is one conversation, but we get to do life with you guys and and watch your journey, but we love you guys. And thanks again for being on the podcast. Yep. We love you guys too. Thank you. Those people, they're a hoot, aren't they? They're awesome. That I was love a lot them. of fun. Yeah. We hope you found today's episode helpful. Thanks again, Brandon and Michelle, for being on the show and letting us pick at you a little bit. Yeah, thank you. And thanks to everyone who listened today. We'd love to hear your thoughts and answer questions you have about what you heard. You can email us at hello at artespousing.com or hit us up on Facebook and Instagram at artespousing. Hey, if you found this episode helpful, we'd love for you to let your friends know about it by sending them a link to the show. You can also help other people find the podcast by rating the podcast and leaving us a review. That'd be so helpful. And we want to invite you back next week. We hope you have a great week practicing the art of spousing. Come on. And we'll catch you next time on the Art of Spousing Podcast. Until then. Bye-bye.